We are LP Magazine, and since 2001, we've been the leader in providing content and education for the loss prevention and asset protection industry, and we are known as the voice and authority of the LP community. Each episode, we'll be sharing and discussing the latest in trends and current issues related to all things retail and profit protection. You're listening to the LPM Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Two Cents on Two Things, an LPM podcast. I'm Kevin McMenamin, your host. And with me today is Terry Sullivan, who is the president of the Loss Prevention Foundation. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Kevin. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, absolutely. Great to have you here today. Um, you know, it's interesting that we're doing this uh, this podcast together. Um, obviously, you know, we've, uh, we've worked closely together over the years between the, uh, the magazine and the foundation, but now we work even more closely, don't we, Terry? You know, so, so what's that like now, huh? So, um, you know, leading the, the education initiative over the, the loss prevention industry with the foundation, um, and now you've got uh, news and information and more, right? Yeah, so... Uh, it's a privilege, quite honestly, and it's something uh, I never imagined my career would take me uh, down that path. But, you know, you look at almost five years ago when I had the opportunity to join the Loss Prevention Foundation, not really knowing much about a not-for-profit educational uh, foundation. I had my LPC, but beyond that, I really didn't know the inner workings of, uh, of the Loss Prevention Foundation. Working closely with the magazine over the years and now having the opportunity uh, to come together and acquire uh, the LP Mag has just been uh, it's a great start, I think, to a, to a long journey of uh, continuing to learn and grow and evolve. And I'm excited to see where uh, together we can uh, take the LP magazine over the next, you know, three, five uh, plus years. So, uh, so it's been terrific. Excellent. Well, uh, um, I know I'm looking forward to it. And, and it, you know, it's just it's such a great fit, you know, with, um, you know, both initiatives being all about the industry, right, and supporting the industry and giving back to the industry. Um, and I think it's just, uh, it's wonderful to have these aligned um, in such a way that both are positioned really well for the future. Yeah, when you, when you look at, you know, the foundation really being the, the educational arm and the magazine with the media arm, Right. And, and when you think face it, when you think about the magazine, you think about education because everything they do, you learn something. So it just really made sense to bring these two companies um, together. Uh, even though we operate as two different business units, um, we're here to try to support and educate an industry every single day. And, uh, and that's just been uh, been terrific so far. I'm looking forward to the learnings ahead. Good. Well, we uh, wish you well with that uh in, in self-interest right so <clears throat> thanks terry for that um all right so let's get to it we're going to talk uh, we're going to get your two cents on two things so let's uh let's share the board here and um you know we've got three different topics um whether they be personal professional or, or political so personal kevin i, I would say uh, personal safety all right. Personal safety it is. Beautiful. All right. Well, Terry, let's get your two cents on uh, personal safety. Yeah, you know, being in this industry for over 30 years, I've seen, heard, and read um, 
a lot of very interesting things, but there isn't anything more that really strikes me more than when people get injured at work or customers get uh, injured uh, during a shopping experience, right? And when you just look at what's happened not only the last couple of years, but just even going all the way back to even like school shootings, right? Columbine back, gosh, Kevin, that was probably 25, maybe 30 years ago, right? This violence in this country is just, to me, is just, there's, there's too much of it. Um, and when people, you know, get get injured at, the, at their workplace or in their community, um, what was it, the, the Modern Museum of Art in New York City, the, a guy came in and stabbed two employees over the weekend, right? There's just a lot of violent crime out there. But I think of active shooter, I think of active threat, I think the importance to ensure that people understand how to run high fight or avoid deny defend. Um, if they're ever in a situation, you know, that, uh, that they could get injured or got forbid killed, that they, that they understand that. And I think we need to continue to evangelize that, not only in retail, but beyond um, retail as well. It's just, to me, it's just a core value. My family, they've heard more about active shooter and what to do in an active shooter event, whether we're at a park, a movie. Um, they're both high school students, my two kids. My wife works in retail at, at CVS, you know, for them to know how to protect themselves in an unusual um, situation. Um, such as an active shooter, active threat. You know, it's it's crazy because, you know, when we were growing up in the industry, um, this was, if you talked about active threat or active shooter training, you know, in the workplace, um, people thought you were crazy. Uh, you know, they just, it was just so few and far between that any types of events like that would happen, even, you know, 25. I mean, Columbine was probably one of the first ones the big school shootings, right? But workplace-wise even, and yet now workplace-wise, um, it's it's probably even almost more common than what you see in with these school shootings. Yeah, social media too, Kevin, is really good, bad, or different, right? I mean, how you communicate, what you communicate, how you perceive it, how you take it um, leads to a lot of those incidents. And then when it comes to the workplace, you know, domestic violence, you know, um, leads and pours into the workplace as well because, as you know, sometimes a spouse is the only place that they can find that boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever that might be, uh, husband, wife, et cetera, is at work. Because they know where they work. They know what their schedule is. And, and, uh, and being a retail practitioner for many, many years, having to look at, investigate, diffuse, recommend um, to keep people safe, not only those individuals, but the people they work with and the customer shopping um, in, those, in those stores. So I think it's something that continues to evolve. Um, and, and it's great to see that retailers and take it serious and some of the, the great training that's out there for retail professionals and, and all the individuals who work um, in retail today. So what do you tell your, your kids? What do you tell the family? You know, um, what's the message that you give um, to, to your friends, your family, your close circle, as far as, you know, key, key points, key takeaways to, uh, to think about, to stay safe. Yeah. Just, you know what, always be aware of your surroundings. Right, whether you're at a concert, looking at you know where, where look, take two seconds to look where the exits are. Whether you're at a movie, take two seconds to look where the exits are. I mean, you, you know that Travis Scott concert um, that happened, you know, people got crushed about six months ago. Right, just so many unfortunate incidents when you nobody expects to get hurt or injured by going somewhere, whether it's socially or, or going to work. So always just be aware of things. If somebody walks in that just seems out of place or seems unusual. Be aware of that individual, but most importantly, when, when something happens, 
um, that you have an exit strategy on how to get out of there and how to get out of there safely and quickly um, and to help others along the way. Excellent. Good. All right. Well, thank you for your, your two cents on our first topic. Let's go back to the board and let's, uh, let's take a look at our, uh, our other, we got, uh, you can go back to personal. We can go to um, professional or we can go political. Where do we want to go next, Terry? Staying away from politics, Kevin. So <laughs> I'll go, I'll go work ethic. Work ethic. All right. Beautiful. Well, uh, appropriate, I think, from for uh, for you, Terry, because um, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think there are few people in this industry that work um, quite as hard as as you do, and uh, and I think you know taking on this initiative that you have with with not only the foundation but now with the magazine as well uh, mm -hmm. has amplified that even more. So um, I think appropriate to have some two cents from you on on strong work work ethic would be good for uh, for everyone in the industry. So uh, let's get your two cents on work ethic. Yeah, you know, Kevin, and thank you, by the way. I really appreciate that. Uh, uh, means a lot. So, you know, working, working hard, um, really, I think, started with my mom and my dad, right? So I always knew my mom and my dad worked full time. I mean, that's what they did. My mom worked in a component factory and my dad well, worked as a custodian. And mom and dad always got up every single day and, and, and went to work. Uh, I'm one of four, I have three brothers. And, and early in life, I realized that uh, if I wanted extra things, if I wanted uh, the coolest uh, jeans or the coolest uh, uh, basketball sneakers or whatnot, mom and dad weren't going to be able to pay for that. So um, I had to get a job. So at 10 years old, I was out there peddling the newspaper. You know, So I was a Brockton Enterprise. I had at one point the Boston Globe, the Boston Herald. Uh, then graduated to dishwasher and pizza shops. I worked at a part three golf course. I worked at a golf cart track. I cleaned offices at uh, Fox Moors in West Bridgewater, Mass. I worked at the Rainham Totten dog track, right? I mean, I, um, I just always had not only a job, multiple jobs uh, um, growing up. Um, and just really realizing that, you know, if it was meant to be, it's up to me. And having that, um, that work ethic that nobody was going to hand you um, anything. But just going back to my parents, just watching them just kind of lead through life and, and realize that even though they didn't make a lot of money, but they realized that, you know what, you want to keep the lights on and clothes on your back and food on the table. It's just not going to, going to come to you. So, uh, and then have the opportunity uh, back a long time ago to get my first uh, loss prevention uh, position in, in salaried retail and just saw how hard people worked, but also saw the upside and saw the opportunity that if you worked hard and you did a good job, that opportunity could be there for you um, to continue to uh, to grow um, and just really just uh, never look back since my first job um, in loss prevention. So, uh, um, and, and now that uh, as a dad, having two kids, two teenagers, and as you know, kids can be very, very different. And my boys are very, very different. Um, my oldest son has an unbelievable work ethic. He, uh, you know, he's got a job. He works 20 hours a week during the school year. He works... 35 to 40 hours a week in the summer. Uh, and he's a really, really good student, much better student than I was. Um, um, just got into uh, NC State. So we'll be uh, following the Wolfpack uh, coming up here soon. Uh, but got into a lot of great colleges, um, to be honest with you. And he, uh, he, he worked hard. So work ethic isn't just a job and, and, and money, right? It's about doing things, whether it's charity work or it can be 
you know, schoolwork or, or just investing in yourself to grow, um, getting your LPQ and your LPC shows your work ethic, right? Because you have to do that above and uh, above and beyond. So, um, and, you know, there are times I do work too much. So, in, you know, advice to the industry is probably don't work as hard as I do uh, because um, I work, you know, I, I work probably way too much. So, uh, uh, but I just never like playing from behind. That's always just been my thing, right? Like I don't want to come back from vacation with 600 emails in my inbox, you know, and I'm not saying that's the right thing or the wrong thing. It's just the way I, I do things. I have a couple hours here, a couple hours there. I love to work on airplanes. And I know a lot of my friends and colleagues think I'm absolutely crazy. I love an airplane. Like I'm flying to Los Angeles tomorrow. I have a five and a half hour flight. I'm super excited. I have five and a half hours. I'm going to get caught up. I'm not going to get Texas. I'm not going to get, you know, nobody can bother you, right? You yeah. Know, I mean, it's, it's wonderful because it's the work day and no one can get you, right? <laughs> That's right. So I'm not yeah. sure my team will be really happy about it because they're going to they're gonna get ping, 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 ping. But, uh, but yeah, that's just really been me. And, it, uh, you know, it just keeps that fire in my belly and the kick in my step. So, Yeah, excellent. Well, um, there's actually a lot of crossover there because, uh, and, and funny enough that I grew up in Massachusetts as well and uh, also delivered both the Herald and the Globe um, from the time that I was about eight till I think 10 and, um, and, 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 uh, <laughs> those were the days. I don't know about you. I used to go collect the money on Saturdays though. And then, um, I, when I'd get, you know, you'd turn in most of the money, they give you that little pittance back. Um, my big reward for me every Saturday morning was a grape slush puppy. Um, a lot of people across the U S won't know what a slush puppy is, but <laughs> if you knew, uh, like, you know, Cumberland Farms and some of those stories out here. That's <laughs> a slush project, right? Cumberland Farms. But yeah, and for me, it would be uh, having enough money to go get a pizza with your buddy. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. In, in, oh, geez. In, uh, in, in junior high and in high school, you know, you were treating people because you were the only one who had money, right? Because, you know, you could go get a slice of pizza or you could go get a... Uh, um, a uh, did you have the pewter pot muffins back then? Do you remember that place? No, they had, it was there was a chain of them around uh, around Massachusetts. That used to be the thing on, especially on the weekends. So, but um, yeah, back then paper was we had two we had to collect, right? Like I want my two dollars. Like, yeah, yeah. Hey, you haven't paid me in three weeks. You, yeah. you owe me six bucks. It's only yeah. six bucks, sir. Kid, I'll get you next week. You're like, two dollars, but okay. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. look how it prepared you, right? Because now yeah. when we're when we're out, you know, um, following up with relationships and clients and vendors, right? You, 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 you got that instilled from a young age where we have to chase people down, you know, when you're, when you're following up on invoicing and stuff, right? Exactly. Exactly. I want my $2. So, so I want my $2. So, so what, um, what would you say you got some younger people in the industry that are starting out, but you know, they've got, they've got a little fire in their belly there, but what would you say positive and negative, right? Like I'm, 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 I hear you say don't work too much, right? So there's a lot of that, you know, and, and I, I feel that a lot too, where I have to tell people that work for me, you know, don't do as I do, right? The fact that I may email you at two in the morning doesn't mean I'm expecting a response at two in the morning, right? It can, it can wait. Um, but, you know, what's that, you know, message of work-life balance for those folks? And what's that message of, but, but still getting out there and hustling because you know how to hustle. How do you, what do you tell these these guys that um, that you know the, the best way to uh, to work that hustle? Yeah, I think Kevin, I think it's working smart. 
right? Like, you know, and, and I give an example, like vacation, you know, I, I, I very rarely disconnect any day from work, to be quite honest with you. And what I mean by work is smart is that if I'm up at six o'clock in the morning and I know by the time my family gets ready, it's going to be eight o'clock in the morning and I go grab a cup of coffee and just log on and connect for an hour. I'm not taking away family time at that point because my family is either sleeping or, or getting ready for the day. Um, but just picking and choosing new battles, you know, making sure you're there when it matters for your kids. Um, I've coached my kids my entire life. Uh, uh, baseball, basketball, flag football, um, always ensuring that being at the right place, you know, and that, you know, if I had to cut out of work at three or four o'clock to go coach a game or practice or attend one of my kids' uh, school games, you know, just log back on at six or seven o'clock. See what you missed during that time, right? So um, show that dedication, you know, to yourself and, and, and to the company that you work for um, to make sure that you always get that job done. But there's plenty of time uh, for, for work-life work life balance. And yeah, sometimes you got to open up that laptop on a Saturday or Sunday. It's, it's just part of the job. And, um, you know, if you want to do more in any industry, um, it's just not going to be handed to you, right? You have to work hard. You have to, you have to be better than everybody else at the end of the day, right? I mean, that's really... That's just the reality of it. So, so you just have to find those niches. And it's not about working 80 hours a week and 60 hours a week and, you know, being a martyr. That's not it, right? It's just being an effective leader, but ensuring that you're responsive and that your communication skills. And I think communication skills, Kevin, it's one of the most important things. I mean, when you send someone an email and they, and they respond two and a half weeks later, I've moved on, right? I mean, I've moved on to, to you know, way, way beyond that. So I, and I think that also is just a lot of, Courtesy as a, as a professional to, to keep those communication skills uh, uh, up and, and do what you say you're going to do. That's it. Very well said. Very well said. All right, good. Well, that'll wrap up our two cents. Let's move on to um, the next piece here. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, one of the other things that I know that you're very big on, which is uh, giving back. So let's talk a little bit about, you um, your favorite charity, uh, St. Jude. Yeah, so um, this one I always get choked up on when I think of, uh, of, of St. Jude. And, and uh, um, part of that, it goes back to, uh, to my mom. My mom always gave to St. Jude, right? And uh, when I was a kid, I'd see the Magnus on the fridge or you know, there'd be St. Jude stuff laying around the house. And to be quite honest with you, you know, yeah, I grew up Irish Catholic. I mean, I... I I wasn't 100% sure what St. Jude was. And uh, as you get older, you really understand you know, what it is. There's nothing um, just sadder than, than a sick child, right? Whether it's with cancer or any other ailment that a, uh, that a child has. And I just think back to like my mom, as we grew up, we didn't have a lot of money. But my mom would always donate money to St. Jude. And it may have only been $5 or $20 a year, whatever my mom um, could afford, but it just meant a lot to her. Um, so that's a charity that's always meant uh, a lot to me. That's great. That's great. Well, um, we've got uh, just, you know, for everybody listening, we've got to give out the the website here. It is uh, stjude.org, S-T-J-U-D-E.org. Um, if you go to the website, you'll see right up in the top right-hand corner, there's a little button that says donate now. Um, you know, please, uh, Please support this very worthwhile charity. As you know, Terry, as you said, there's just nothing um, sadder than a sick kid, right? And and one that um, when you know that you feel like you can't help, but in this case, you can. And by donating, um, we can all do our part to help support 
Um, and on behalf of the, uh, the uh, magazine and the LPM Media Group, we're going to make a donation of $300 uh, in your name, Terry. So um, uh, thank you for not only all you do for the industry, but uh, all you do in supporting this wonderful charity. Right. Thanks, Kevin. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that this doesn't only support the, um, the child, but supports the family. So the family can focus on the child and their, and their time in need. And um, they don't have to worry about room and board and housing and, 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 and work. They can take time to uh, support their child. So if you don't know much about St. Jude, take a few minutes to go on to the, uh, to the website. And I think once you, you read more and find out more, um, you'll open up your heart and, uh, and open up uh, your wallet. So thanks, Kevin. Beautiful. All right, Terry, before we go, two quick things. Um, let's start with, uh, let's see. I bet you I could tell you the answer to the second one here. So uh, what are you most proud of? Um, that was an easy one for me. That, uh, that certainly is my family. So my wife actually is, is, a, uh, is, is in retail as well. So my wife has been with CVS since she was 16 years old. Wow. Yeah, so she's a pharmacist. And uh, so we've been a retail family, and she's supported my career. Relocated from Boston to Los Angeles, from Los Angeles to, uh, to, to Mooresville, North Carolina. She's been by my side. Um, and so she has a, a very similar work ethic, and I probably left that out when I was talking about work ethic. My wife works really, um, really hard. We have the two teenage boys. So like I said, they're just, they're, they're just really, really good kids. Um, neither my wife or I were uh, allowed, not allowed, we just couldn't afford in the fact to actually go off to college. So we told our kids, if you work hard, you know, good things will come and mom and dad will help get you to school and go away to school and have a life experience. And, uh, and they're doing that. They're working, uh, they're, they're working hard to, uh, to achieve that. And my wife and I are very proud um, to be able to, uh, to, to help them with that. But, but yeah, very blessed to, uh, to have a loving wife, 27 years and my two teenage boys. So wonderful. Yeah. All right. Uh, last, uh, last quick thing here. Um, let's go with uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? Because I'm going to guess that it was not an LP executive because I've yet to meet one yet yeah. <laughs> who, who, you know, ran around the play yard saying, I want to be an LP guy. <laughs> yeah. No, that was, that's another easy one for me is, uh, you know, in the spring, I always wanted to play for the Boston Red Sox. And in the winter, um, I, uh, I wanted to play for the Boston Celtics, right? So I'm talking all the way back to the, to the Havlicek days with Dave Collins and JoJo White. And growing up as a kid, I'd sit in my bedroom, I'd score Celtics games, and I just love basketball. I hours and hours and hours of basketball. And then, of course, we spent so much time with my friends um, in the spring and the summer uh, uh, playing baseball. So, uh Love sports, still love sports today. The, the irony, Kevin, is, is, is I know you know, and, and a lot of folks out there that know me, I'm a, I'm a diehard Pats fan, right? And uh, so I've been a No, Pat, yeah, the yeah, Pats. Um, Patriots? Yeah, but growing up, the Pats really kind of sucked, so I didn't want to play for the Patriots, right? I wanted to play for the Red Sox. But yeah, I, yeah, I grew up a big sports fan, still a big uh, uh, sports fan. And, and, you know, my first uh, LP job as a loss prevention customer service supervisor um, for Osco drugstores, never did I think that that would turn into a 30 plus uh, career, but I'm so glad it did. Well, I'll tell you um, two things that uh, 
Uh, it's funny that you you mentioned both the Red Sox and the Celtics because growing up, um, one of my neighbors was related to Carl Yastrzemski, and one of my one of my highlights of my second grade was that they got him to come speak to our our school in my class, and that was just boy, you, you, I, I can still talk about it this day because it was just one of the coolest things uh, for me as you know, growing up outside of Boston and and, uh, and being a Red Sox fan as a little kid. And for the Celtics, in second grade, one of my best friends, his father was general manager of the Celtics. So when Whoa. the Celtics warm up and the kids are running around, those little kids that are on the court catching the, the rebounds and throwing them back and running around and then you know hanging off on the side and going in the locker room and stuff, I got to be one of those. I used to be one of those kids when I was in the second grade. So it's too bad we didn't know each other. I could have introduced you to Havlicek and all those guys. <laughs> Yeah, the old Boston Garden. Well, that, that's a that, well, that's a memory Kevin you'll always have, huh? That's yeah, great. no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. So, <clears throat> anyways, hey Terry, thanks so much for uh, for your time today and for sharing your your two cents on two things. Um, this has been great, and I hope uh, everybody listening has gotten a lot out of it. Um, really appreciate you and all you do for the industry, for the foundation, and now for the magazine. So, thank you, Terry. Likewise, Kevin. I mean. Uh, you know, being one of the founders of the Loss Prevention Foundation um, and the support on our executive committee that you give the LPF and all the support you know, you've given the LP magazine over the years. It's uh, greatly appreciated, appreciated and uh, look forward to continuing to work with you down the road. So. Beautiful. All right, Terry. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This has been Two Cents on Two Things. I'm Kevin McMenamin, your host with Loss Prevention Magazine. We've been talking to Terry Sullivan, president of the Loss Prevention Foundation. Uh, everybody, uh, Take care and stay safe.